0: as you can see, no Matt tonight. So Matt is half drunk and an hour away from home. So I told him, don't worry, dude, I got it. I got it. And, uh, I knew that, uh, you know, when Matt's gone, (laughs) I have to bring out the big guns and the craziest shit I can find. And I've heard this theory before (laughs) it's, it's wild and it's crazy. And that's why I love this show because we can talk about the craziest shit And not be judged for it. So, um, I'm not saying I subscribe to this particular theory. And again, for those of you just joining us, Matt is not here tonight. He's half drunk and an hour away from home. So, it's just me tonight. Sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) Um, We've got uh, a theory here. And it's based on a video from uh, The Y Files. And you guys know that we love The Y Files here on Talking Paranormal. And this one is The Moon's Dark Secret, Aliens harvesting human souls for food. Now, (laughs) it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, We're going to run with it. We're going to see just how crazy this theory is. From what I understand, the aliens are harvesting souls somehow with the moon to use for their consumption. (laughs) Uh, This show sometimes I tell you. Um, Okay, so let's uh, get the video up here. Here we go. (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be wild, folks. I don't even know what to expect. It's 41 minutes long, so uh, we'll keep it short and sweet tonight. And uh, let's let's see what, they, what they're talking about. The moon and aliens harvesting human souls for food. This is going to be insane. Let's go.
1: Your world is an illusion. Your choices are irrelevant. Your friends, your family, and everyone around you are just manifestations of your mind. You're a trapped animal in a cage, a virtual reality created more than 250,000 years ago for a single purpose to use you as food. Your emotions are food for those who created the cage. Feelings of happiness and joy are digestible, but those emotions are nowhere near as nourishing as sadness, malice and especially anger. Pain on a small scale is good, but pain due to war, famine and pandemics. Well, that's even better. You're born, you grow, and you spend the first third of your life learning how to live in a society that barely knows you exist. Maybe get married, have kids, maybe even grandkids. Then you die, and the pain ends. But death is just the beginning, because now, you get to do it all over again. Here we go. So only dogs and cats you don't find home for camels? She is litter-trained. There's nothing you can do to help me. I'm kind of in a jam here. Did I mention that I have a big YouTube channel? Hello?
2: Oh, bonjour, Uma. I can't talk long. I, I Look, I need a favor, to play.
1: Why are you whispering?
2: Well, I'm only at the beginning, and they are already getting it wrong.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: Well, I'm on this stupid Da Vinci Code reality tour, and they have all the details messed up. This is not how I did anything.
1: How you did anything? What there does...
2: were never any clues in a Mona Lisa. It was the lace maker. I'm a big fan of Amir. Vermeer. Vermeer. Uh, He was a painter from the Dutch Golden Age. I know who Vermeer is. (laughs) I love that you have to do with the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) Uh, You know, Danny acted like my friend, but that little gill stab, I just wanted to steal my story, Danny. Oh, yeah, we were in a creative writing class together. One night after class, Danny and I went out for a few cocktails and I told him about the time that I solved that murder at the Louvre. The Louvre? It's a museum in Paris. I know what the Louvre is. What are you talking about? Well, I had a few too many that night, and I told Danny how I was going to write a book about the murder and how he found all these clues about the Holy Grail and the Knights Templar. And I told him everything, <laughs> which was a big mistake. Uh, that nerd can really hold his liquor.
1: Danny, you mean Dan Brown?
2: Hello, is this a bad connection? <laughs> Try to keep up, will you? Oh, yeah. oh so, so I'm on this Da Vinci Code reality tour, right? At the Louvre gathering evidence for my lawsuit, it- Je suis désolé, madame. Uh-oh, I, I think they recognize me.
1: Who are they? And by the way, you're supposed to be here tomorrow.
2: I will be there soon. <laughs> Trace désolé, madame. Mon Dieu, we're almost at the Mona Lisa, so I need you to listen carefully. Open my laptop and log into War Thunder. I'm in the middle of their new La Royale campaign, so I need you to play for me while I get the situation sorted. War Thunder? Is that today's sponsor? Saw that sort of coming, did you?
1: From a mile away.
2: War Thunder is the most comprehensive, highly immersive PvP vehicle combat game ever made.
1: Um,
0: boy, I sure hope they get to this moon shit quick. <laughs> um, I don't know what the premise of this is. I don't know if the moon isn't actually like an actual celestial body. I guess that's the best term I can come up with right now off the top of my head. Um, are they talking about the moon being an alien spaceship or something? I'm trying to... I've heard some crazy stuff about this, so I'm interested to see what direction they go. Um, I've always been under the assumption that the wide, the like widespread theory was that the aliens actually created us, human beings. So, okay, here are we back? All right, I think we're back. PC- nope, not yet. Um, I always thought that the that we were the product of a, a, genet, a genetic experiment um, with aliens. So we'll see. <laughs> heckle matt that's funny uh, uh i always thought that we were a genetic experiment
1: pontiff the pope i know who the pontiff is anyway vatican city isn't in the da vinci code you're thinking of angels and demons
2: he stole that from me too oh milk
1: The oldest recorded history comes from ancient Sumerian texts, and that's where we're first introduced to the Anunnaki. Ah. The Anunnaki are believed to be seven deities, also referred to as the seven gods who decree. Their purpose was to determine the fate of mankind and their stories mirror some that we find in Greek mythology. And like the Greek gods, the Anunnaki dwell in the heavens, but also interact with people and influence events here on Earth. Gods from polytheistic religions like the Anunnaki, the Greek gods, and the Roman gods served many purposes. They were used to explain natural phenomena like Zeus creating thunderstorms. Thor also served this role in Norse mythology. The gods provided comfort about the uncertainties of life and questions about mortality, the afterlife, and human suffering. Gods and their myths established social norms and values. Myths often included lessons about the virtues of honesty, courage, and wisdom, or the danger of hubris and deceit. Worshiping gods who represent these qualities creates a framework for social and moral order. Gods are part of the creation myth of many cultures, used to explain the origin of mankind. This was also true for the ancient Sumerians. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, written thousands of years ago, the Anunnaki are directly involved in the creation of humans. However, the stories about the Anunnaki might not be myths. The stories might be history. Zechariah Sitchin, in his book, The Twelfth Planet, claims the Anunnaki are actually aliens who visited Earth thousands of years ago from their home planet, Nibiru. When they arrived, the deity called Enki added alien DNA to ancient man, and the result was us. The intention was to create a slave species to mine gold for the Anunnaki. Slaves. The gold was refined and used in terraforming their home planet, which was suffering from a poisoned atmosphere. Now, this may sound like a far-fetched story to some, but this creation story shows up in other cultures as well. There's an ancient Zulu legend about two brothers named Wawani and Mpanku, who were from an alien race with scaly skin. Thousands of years ago, the brothers stole an egg from a fire dragon, emptied out the yolk until it was hollow, and then rolled it across the sky to Earth. That egg was the moon. (coughs) Many ancient texts describe a time when the moon didn't exist. Or at least it didn't exist here. Aristotle wrote about the Pelasgians, who lived in ancient Greece since the oldest days, at a time before the moon. Apollonius of Rhodes also talks about a time when the moon wasn't yet in the sky.
3: In ages past, before the silver orb adorned night's somber shroud, Gaia stood alone. The tides lay still, untouched by Luna's grasp, and darkness reigned where moonlight never cast its tranquil spell. Oh, how the gods conspired to shape that radiant disk.
1: Greek historian Plutarch wrote about the Arcadians. They were a very ancient people who lived in Greece. Plutarch described them as a pre-lunar people. Roman poet Ovid also wrote about the Arcadians.
4: In Arcadia's lush fields, where Pan's flute sang, a truth lies
3: hidden, nearly forgot by man. The Arcadians are said to have possessed
4: (laughs) their land before the Uh, birth of Zeus. I told you this was going to be some crazy shit.
1: evidence of a sky with no moon has also been found on the other side of the world. In the ancient site of Tiwanaku in Bolivia, there are symbols that depict the moon coming into orbit, and this happened at a specific moment in time thousands of years ago, long before recorded history. According to the Zulu and other ancient cultures, the moon didn't form. The moon was built, and not built here. The Zulus say that the moon was built in another part of the galaxy by the alien race that Wawani and Mpanku came from. They built the moon as a monitoring station to keep an eye on us, the human race. But what kind of aliens are depicted in these old legends? They're not the small gray aliens. The aliens that built the moon are reptilian. Ah,
2: lizard people!
1: Yep, lizard people.
2: Lizzy.
1: Here we fucking go. <laughs> uh.
0: I am not sober enough for this.
1: <laughs> David Icke has written over 20 books about various conspiracy Fuck. theories. David Icke. <laughs> to UFOs, to the multiverse.
2: He's my Here hero. we go. But he's
1: probably best known for his theory about a humanoid reptilian race. That's
2: well, it's not a theory if it's true. Do you mind? Uh, sorry, sorry. Lizard people get me really excited.
1: Oh, uh, I know.
2: Uh, oh, did you know you can buy <laughs> lizard a lizard people. people coffee mug from the iFile store?
1: <laughs> no <laughs> merch plugs, please. Um, <laughs> Ike claims that humans share the Earth with a race of shape-shifting reptilian humanoids called the Archons. Wawani and Empanku, the brothers from the Zulu legend who brought the moon to Earth, were Archons. The Sumerians called these Archon brothers Enki and Enlil, who were also rulers of the Anunnaki. This race of reptilians primarily lives underground, but a few of them live among us as well. The surface-dwelling beings are here to make sure humanity stays compliant with and unaware of their plan. They're involved in the highest levels of government, business, and technology. They're monarchs, politicians, and bankers. They own and operate major media companies.
5: Mark, are the allegations true that you're secretly a lizard? Um,
0: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go with no on that. Uh, I, I, am, I am not a lizard.
1: I am not a lizard. They influence <laughs> every aspect of human life. They are the Illuminati. When we describe the reptilians uh, as shapeshifters, you might think of a creature that visits a you know? <laughs> like Odo from Star Trek, Mystique from Marvel Comics, or Tonks from Harry Potter. Reptilians don't do this. They actually always look like themselves. What they do is manipulate the human brain to perceive them differently. <clears throat> the source of the reptilians' power is their ability to alter our perception of reality. And they don't do this with telepathy. They do this with technology. According to David Icke, the moon is not only a spacecraft, but also a holographic projection device. The broadcasts from the moon warp our reality, or at least our perception of reality. There's what's known as a frequency embargo around the Earth.
2: Wait, 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 wait. Who enforces this uh, embargo? Well, there's a bunch of alien
1: races (laughs) who are part of a galactic federation, and they keep an eye on the reptilians, but it's a whole thing.
2: Go on, I got time.
1: No, it needs its own video
2: this is a bunch of bullshit.
1: there is much more to reality than we can perceive with our senses and the human brain is quite capable of experiencing the true universe in fact it was specifically designed to do so but the frequencies that would allow us to see the real world are being blocked instead we're locked into this simple three-dimensional existence but there is much more being withheld from us if you believe in simulation theory then these beings are the creators of the simulation if you're religious then these beings are demons or jinn. Either way, they're not our friends. But why? Why would an advanced race want to keep humans oblivious to the real world? Well, when humans were first created, the alien creators learned something. All other animals on Earth are driven by instinct. The instinct to eat, to survive, to reproduce, and that's about it. But when the first humans were given sentience, a byproduct of that sentience was emotion. Sure, humans are still driven by instinct. We're driven to survive and reproduce like every other animal.
2: Ugh, and I got the guppy support payments to prove it. Oof, ah.
1: But because humans are now aware of themselves and their existence, they experience the world differently. They experience fear of the future. Humans experience the pleasure of nostalgia for the past. No other animal has this gift or this curse. Animals kill for survival, but humans kill out of hate. Our alien creators learn that our emotions carry energy, and the creators learn that this energy can be consumed for nourishment. Unfortunately for us, negative emotions are the most nourishing of all. Some have described the alien desire for negative human emotion as a drug addiction. Now, if humans were able to see and understand our true reality, we'd know that our energy, or soul, or spirit, or whatever you want to call it, can move to a higher plane of existence after we die. But instead, the alien creators addicted to our emotions keep us here. We're born, we live to feed the creators, then we die. Then we come back and do it all over again. It's forced reincarnation. This process is handled by a piece of equipment that's been called a soul recycler or a soul cube, which is a large box shaped device that's installed on the moon. Oh, shit. The cube watches us and then transmits our energy back to Earth after we die over and over again. And has been doing so for thousands of years i know the theory sounds like science fiction but many skeptics were turned into believers on december 6th 2021 that's when completely by accident a lunar probe took a picture of the soul cube yeah i needed that (laughs) it's my conclusion
3: uh, we do mushrooms on the show many years (laughs) that uh reincarnation is a trap It's not that it doesn't exist, although I don't think it's quite the same as it's explained. It's a bit more subtle, maybe, but I do think it's a trap.
1: The recycling of souls, reincarnation, is the machinery of this universe.
0: That was Linda Moulton.
1: John Lear, son of Learjet inventor Bill Lear, flew his first flight at age 14. He became a stunt pilot, a contract pilot for the CIA, and set multiple aviation records. But.
0: For the record, I see uh, some uh, talk about mushrooms in the chat here. Um, Peckerwood says some chick murdered four people here with shrooms recently in Australia. I'm not saying I've ever done mushrooms. But if I had, I highly doubt that the thought of killing anyone ever crossed my mind. (laughs) Um, I would like to do a show on mushrooms talking about some crazy stuff. That'd be hilarious.
1: John Lear is most known for his theories about the alien presence on Earth. He's also exposed a lot of information about the cube-shaped Soul Catcher on the Moon. The Soul Catcher
3: is the what I think is the uh, six-mile-high tower in the middle of Sinus Medi, right in the middle of the uh, center of the Moon, if you look at the Moon, and uh, the famous photo that Richard found, uh, Lunar Orbiter 384M, shows that huge tower, and he also has two other photographs that uh, that show that tower. Uh, I think that tower is uh, what I call the soul catcher. When you uh, die, your soul is the ghost of the soul catcher.
1: But the moon isn't the only place these soul catchers exist. There
3: are several uh, soul uh, transmission stations both on earth and on the moon, and depending on where you're going in your next lifetime uh, is which transmission station uh, takes
1: over. When you couple John Lear's belief in the Soul Catcher with David Icke's theory that we're stuck in an endless loop of reincarnation, an unsettling reality emerges, that our only purpose is to serve as food for our alien jailers. (laughs) And what's even more upsetting is that negative emotions are really what they crave supporters of the reptilian humanoid theory say that when there's a global event that affects millions of people like a war or major conflict it's our jailers at work it might explain why cromanian homo sapiens sapien is so violent why are we always in states of war why are we Money. competing and always challenged by murder and violence I really don't like the idea that we're not in control of our lives. And I really hate the idea that we're not in control of our death. So my mind just rejects the idea altogether. But then I found this. Oh, shit. Here we go.
2: What the is that?
1: (laughs) That is the soul cube on the moon.
2: Leaping lizards. See what I did there?
1: This photo was taken December 6, 2021, by the Chinese-made lunar rover U-22 while exploring the far side of the moon. Oh shit. A cube-shaped object is clearly seen 80 meters from the Von Karman crater. And for some reason, the China National Space Administration labeled this object a Mystery Hut. And this only lends credence to the idea that the moon is a sort of observatory with a soul harvesting machine. There's even oh, more evidence legit. that Earth is actually what some call a prison Whoa. planet. In his book, Humans Are Not From Earth, Dr. Ellis Silver contends that humans are actually from another planet. They were brought here thousands of years ago and mated with Neanderthals. The hybrid species is us.
0: My thesis proposes that mankind did not evolve from native Earth organisms, but evolved elsewhere and was transported to Earth between 60,000 and 200,000 years ago. Mankind is supposedly the most highly developed species on the planet, yet is surprisingly
3: unsuited and ill-equipped for Earth's environment.
1: The idea that extraterrestrials played a role in human history is also known as intervention theory. Dr. Silver argues that if humans actually evolved on Earth, we'd be much more comfortable with the environment. For example, humans are really the only animals that are susceptible to sunburn. Fish, reptiles, birds all have natural ultraviolet protection in their scales and feathers. Whales and dolphins have special skin cells that repair DNA damaged by UV radiation. Any mammal with fur is protected from ultraviolet rays, including apes. If we evolved from apes, why did we lose our hair? Evolution is supposed to make us stronger, not weaker.
2: Yeah, not That's true Uncle Vito.
1: That's true. He's pretty hairy.
2: Pretty hairy? Ugh, I bet that guy can open a banana with his feet.
1: Dr. Silver points out that human babies are basically helpless at birth. They require constant attention for years or they'll die. Yes, some species of animals require parental care for a time after birth. But there are plenty of species that require none. Insects, fish and most reptiles are born completely self-sufficient. Some land mammals are born standing up. Some birds are born with their eyes open and able to find food on their own. No other animal on the planet is as helpless as we are at birth. Silver claims the reason so many people have bad backs is that we evolved on a planet with less gravity. That's why as we age, our knees and hips give out. We're not designed to be so heavy. We're also prone to chronic illness more than other mammals. So why were we brought here in the first place? Well, Silver has a few ideas. One is that humans were brought to Earth as a natural predator to wipe out other species. Now, if that's true, it worked. At one time, there were several different hominid species living on Earth at the same time. As recently as just 40,000 years ago, Neanderthals, Denisovans, and at least one other species coexisted with each other for several hundred thousand years. Then modern man arrived and suddenly all other species were gone. But Dr. Silver has another theory that tracks with a lot of what we've discussed today, that humans were removed from our natural environment Because we were violent, we were destructive, and we overconsumed natural resources.
2: Well, that hasn't changed.
1: The theory said that the aliens erased our memories so we'd have no recollection of the civilizations and technologies we left behind. Then they dropped us off on Earth and left us to our own devices. They watched us for a while to see how we developed, and eventually they left. All the UFO activity we're seeing now could be our creators coming to check on their creation. Maybe they're checking to see if we've evolved past our violent tendencies. Maybe we're finally ready to be released from our prison and reintegrate into galactic society. If that's really why they're here, then unfortunately for us, our parole, it's gonna be denied. The existence of the human soul has been pondered, well, forever. Greek philosophers like Plato and Socrates proposed an immortal soul that lives on after the body's death. Many religions say the soul originates from God and exists eternally. But does scientific evidence support the existence of a soul that can be quantified? In the early 20th century, physician Duncan MacDougall tried to determine if the soul had measurable mass. He thought that if a soul existed, it would have weight. So upon death, the soul would escape and the weight loss could be detected mcdougall had six dying patients placed on sensitive scales finding that they lost an average of 21 grams at the moment of death he concluded this represented the soul's mass but this small sample size and errors in methodology cast doubt on the experiment modern neuroscience says our consciousness and sense of self exist in our physical brain not a separate soul brain imaging shows that our personality our memories and capabilities are tied to physical patterns and activity within our neurons. Damage to certain areas of the brain through injury or disease can impact sensory perception, mobility, emotions and even one's identity. However, there is an argument that sure, the brain is responsible for cognition and awareness, but a soul could simply be energy that creates our consciousness. And if so, that consciousness could continue after death. According to new theories using quantum physics, the soul may exist in another dimension beyond our normal space-time. Some tie this to quantum non-locality and entanglement. This is where information is passed between particles, not just faster than the speed of light, but instantly, no matter how far apart they are. This theory says the soul interacts with the human body through quantum states, exchanging information instantly across any distance. Studies of near-death experience.
0: Let's do something fun. Let's call Matt right now. <laughs> Let's call Matt right now, see what he's up to. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> Matt yeah you're live on Talking Paranormal All
5: right.
0: <laughs> uh, everybody was requesting that we hear from you
5: oh well how we doing
0: <laughs> we're doing pretty good hey uh you didn't know what tonight's topic was about did you uh
5: no I sure didn't what we
0: got <laughs> let me just ask you what you think about this okay. uh, we're watching a wi files video called uh the moon's dark secret alien harvesting human's soul or uh, human souls for food. So they think that the moon is used to harvest souls and that they feed off of our negative energy and stuff and our souls.
5: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay.
5: Um, I feel like that one's reaching. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like just a little bit, just a little bit. But I mean, I mean, much like many situations, we need to just get to the, just tip. (laughs) And really feel our way around the situation.
0: Uh, where are you at right now?
5: Um, About five Jack and Cokes.
0: <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. Well, <laughs> every, uh, some people think you're drunk right now. so <laughs> That would be a fair assessment. <laughs> um, uh, when the people ask me to call you, I have to you know, appease the folks and tell them, yes, I I will call you.
5: Well, okay. So aliens harvesting our negative emotions through the fucking moon. (laughs) False. They just, they just get on fucking Facebook and read the comments.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Everybody's saying they miss you.
5: Um, I miss everybody. They're they're my faves.
0: (laughs) Give us something good, Matt. What should we talk about next week?
5: Next week. Oh shit. (laughs) Next week,
4: uh,
5: we can talk about something on Route 66, considering I'm driving. I'll be landing in Amarillo next week on Saturday on my way to the desert.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, are you going to scope out some places for us or what?
5: I will I will do my best while I have my small child and the rest of my family in tow.
0: <laughs> yeah, def- definitely don't stop in any haunted places with them.
5: Bubba's, <laughs> Bubba's first haunted house. Yolo. <laughs>
0: all right matt i'm gonna let you go i'll let you get back to having fun um if, i'm sure i'll talk to you before your trip but uh safe oh, travels okay, my friend
5: everybody it's a thousand percent maybe don't fuck around and dicks portals are a must
0: <laughs> thanks matt we'll talk to you later buddy see y'all <laughs> there you have it folks <laughs> give you a little treat tonight <laughs> let's get back to the video <laughs> i'm sorry i know that's a little random but I thought it would be fun to to call Matt, and uh, he did not disappoint.
1: That's awesome. Experiences provide intriguing reports of the soul leaving the body and passing through a tunnel and encountering angelic beings or dead relatives. Yet neuroscience says many elements of NDEs are generated by physical brain activity under stress. Out of body and near death episodes have been induced in controlled settings by stimulating specific parts of the brain conclusive scientific evidence of the human soul has yet to be discovered but maybe the soul isn't meant to be detected with a scale or a microscope or a computer and just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there religions Uh around the world say the soul is eternal
0: Matt's calling me back hey buddy what's up
5: put me back on the show
0: you're on the show right now
5: Motherfucker! (laughs) Okay, hey, hey. I got... Listen,
0: listen.
5: Okay. I got a Bigfoot sighting witness right here sitting next to me. You're shitting me. I'm going to handle the phone right now. All right. Here we go.
0: Okay. Hello. Hey, how's it going? So you've seen Bigfoot?
4: Yes, I have.
0: All right, let's hear the story.
4: So, uh, September... 25th of last year. Okay, I uh, was hiking the old Buffalo River Trail, which uh, runs up on the Buffalo River here in Arkansas. Okay, or not. I'm not in Arkansas right now, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> but uh, went hiking. I got about a mile into this trail, and uh, I've been taking pictures. Had my digital camera and everything running, and walked up i was about five foot from this pretty good sized bush and uh i heard like a and then it stood up and it turned to the right and went straight off into the woods moving trees not just like you know brushing stuff but just moving and uh, i saw the back of its head and its hand it was not a paw was definitely a hand and uh conical shaped head uh yeah pretty freaked out had my camera on looking in that direction the entire time never took a picture
0: oh shit
4: because i pretty much was scared shitless because i was by myself how big was this thing it was a minimum of seven foot tall
0: minimum of seven feet tall how wide do you think it was at like the shoulders
4: So I kind of saw one side, I would say probably three foot wide at least.
0: Okay. Wow.
4: It was, it was big.
0: Could you smell it or anything crazy like that?
4: No. And that's now one thing is I I do collision work for a living. So I don't smell real well because of the chemicals that I work with. Sure. So.
0: Were you a Bigfoot believer before you saw it?
4: Yes. I, I, I didn't know if I really wanted to see one or not. I definitely don't want to see one again uh, unless I'm like in a vehicle or like being by yourself. Uh, no, nothing like I didn't have firearm, anything like I just was hiking with a backpack and a camera. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I would not want to be in that situation again.
0: What time of day did this happen?
4: It was about eight a.m. in the morning.
0: Okay. Okay.
4: And it had been like kind of sprinkling that morning too.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's cool. Um, did you have a, a gun on you or anything like that?
4: I I didn't that day. Okay. Uh, ever since then, I always carry one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was it was huge.
0: Wow. That that's insane. So you saw its hand.
4: I saw its hand because it, it grabbed a tree branch and moved it out of its way, and wow. I saw the back of its head.
0: Did this thing look muscular? Very. Very muscular. When you saw the hand, was it covered in fur or was it like a bare palm?
4: I, I think it had like fur on the edge of it, Okay, it was the back of the hand is what I was looking at. So
0: Interesting. That's a, that's a very compelling story. Thanks for sharing.
4: Yeah, it uh, I, I I did not want to see it again, <laughs> at least that close. Because I was I was very close to it.
0: How close were you? And,
4: uh, I was at least between four and five feet away.
0: Jesus Christ!
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, it was in like brush, but yeah, it, it was more more close than I wanted to be. And you now, had the you thing had... is, is I went. At that point, I was like, I'm a mile in. I can either turn around, go back to my truck, or I can continue on this hike. It was a, a hike to, a, like, a bluff trail, and I ended up, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm already here. Let's just finish the hike. And so I went on. I hiked the trail. I saw the bluff, and I, like, checked out this cool location, and then went hiking back. I got to the same area, and uh, – off, I'd say probably 30 to, 40, 30 to 40 foot in the trees. There was like tree movement. And you could tell there was like something still didn't want me there.
0: Wow. That's crazy. And you had no idea it was there until it moved and made the sound.
4: Yeah. No, no clue.
0: Holy shit. That's crazy. And this is, is a, it? this is a flesh and blood creature. Yes. Nice.
4: It didn't, like, pop out of anywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've, and I've I've heard, so I've camped this down 2021, back in March of 2021. I camped down in uh, the Washington National Forest, and I heard howling down there from, like, 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., and uh, it, it was obviously not a creature I'd ever heard before. So I had already kind of like believed there was something out there. Didn't really, never seen anything in person, Yeah, but, uh, saw something that day.
0: Wow. So you're officially a Bigfoot believer. You've seen one, you've experienced it from five feet away. That is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your story. I'm glad that, uh, Matt got to talk to you. How did, how did, uh, how did uh, you get to telling your story to Matt? You, you heard him uh, talk about the podcast or what?
4: I, I'd heard a little, like you said, a couple things uh, when we were talking, working on his truck one
0: day. Yeah. Crazy.
4: So,
0: um, but, that's that's awesome. Can you put Matt back on the phone for me? Thanks for sharing your story, buddy. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Hey, boo thing. <laughs> How long have you known that this guy has an amazing Bigfoot story? Uh... We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> uh, Matt. Hey, buddy. <laughs> if somebody tells you about an amazing Bigfoot story, you tell me about it. Okay. Hey, why
5: don't you just come down here and we'll see if they'll take us out. Bigfoot
0: hunt. Uh, hey, I would love to go out there and go back to that spot.
5: spot he knows a spot called Bigfoot
0: Hollow. All right. It's done. Hollow. It's done. Um, what's the best time? What, what oh, Man. Okay. When's the best time?
5: He has no idea, but I mean, right now, the weather's like where we won't fucking die trying to do it.
0: All right, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some research. I need you to find out where on the map that is. There's a, a, a Bigfoot organization that tracks all the sightings and the time of year and all the different, you know, the temperature, all that shit. I want to make sure okay. that we increase our odds. Okay. And uh, we'll have to bring some guns. <laughs> hey, uh is uh is everybody is everybody in the chat still everybody is still in the chat ask me about my wiener <laughs> uh, oh shit uh,
5: i will look into it if i remember please remind me
0: tomorrow i will definitely remind you uh that was an amazing story that was yeah. fucking awesome yeah you're you're welcome Hell yeah. even even lit i am still doing my work <laughs> all right buddy have a great time and i'll talk to you tomorrow all right all right, y'all go back, yeah, right. everybody. Let's <laughs> see you, buddy. Holy shit. Okay. Man, I love this show. What a crazy story. Five feet away from the guy. The thing fucking stands up. And it's got a hand, you know. <laughs> oh my god. No paw. It was a hand. Made a sound, walked away, moved trees, <laughs> conical shaped head, muscle bound. Three feet wide, seven feet tall. You know that's that's on par. I'm like trying to envision it in my head. Uh, What a fun story! Wow, I scared this shit up. And so, <clears throat> a lot of people talk about, oh, you saw Bigfoot and you didn't take a picture. Could you imagine? Right, you're on you're on a hike, and five feet away from you, you hear this guttural grunt, and this creature stands up, and it is every bit of seven feet tall three feet wide and muscular do you really think that the first thing you're going to do is take a picture i i would love to say yes i would absolutely take a picture of it but it's one of those things where it's like until it's happening to you you can't say shit um man what what an opportunity though he could he had a picture like he had a camera and everything could have had i would say the closest photo of bigfoot ever taken (laughs) That's a million-dollar photo. Wow, holy shit. Man, what an opportunity missed. Okay, I'm going to have to keep this in mind when I'm out searching Bigfoot. Um, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you go into self-preservation, but I'm like, I may die anyway. Somebody's going to find this camera, and I will go down in history as the guy who got the shot, <laughs> who got the, the, um, the most famous shot of Bigfoot ever, and I got killed by Bigfoot. I, I, go down in history. <laughs> Patterson Gimlin, who? <laughs> like, oh my god. Chris from Talking Paranormal was ripped to pieces. <laughs> but we found his camera. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> I, I would definitely shit my pants at the same time. Um gosh. I, I want to see a ghost and I want to see Bigfoot. Damn it. I, I will not settle for hearing a Bigfoot. Um <laughs> that's a good point, Aaron. Could you imagine? Like you do get this picture, and then all of a sudden. You didn't see anything, sir. (laughs) Like, oh, shit. Oh, man. That would be crazy. (laughs) God, could you imagine? I'm just trying to put myself in that guy's shoes. He's out for a hike, you know, taking pictures and shit. (laughs) And the guy stands up. The Bigfoot stands up five feet away from him. Didn't even know it was there. Five feet away, a seven foot tall creature probably weighed somewhere above 500 pounds, you know, maybe six, seven, eight hundred pounds. This behemoth stands up in the bushes next to you, five feet away. That is like, oh my God, I can't even, that is so goddamn big. And at five feet away, the thing could probably reach out and touch the guy. You know what I mean? So yes, it's a good thing that the Bigfoot was not horny, might've bent the guy over and really (laughs) tore him up. You know what I mean? Good God. Oh, yeah. You would go down in history, get tore up by a Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Could you imagine though? you're tore you're bleeding from your rectum guaranteed guaranteed and you you find a park ranger and you're holding your ass cheeks together so you don't bleed out and you're probably crying let's be honest you're crying i don't care how much of a man you are you're crying you just got fucking oh my god <laughs> could you imagine the story could you imagine being the park ranger right you see this guy's pants are all torn up dude he's all bleeding from his ass Oh my god, that is the most brutal shit ever. And you're like, good lord, what happened to you? And at first you're the park ranger, you're thinking, oh fuck, a lion attack or some shit. You know, he got attacked by a mountain lion. And the guy's like, Bigfoot raped me. Good god. Oh god. (laughs) And then you have to go down in history as that guy. You know, because would you believe the guy? (laughs) Good god, insane. All right, let's get back to this video.
1: In Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the soul originates from God and can achieve eternal life through faith and virtuous living. Hinduism and Sikhism believe the soul is immortal and reincarnated based on karma. (laughs) Buddhism is a little different, though. The Wheel of Life provides a symbolic map of samsara in Buddhism.
0: How much do you resist? (laughs) Or do you? just go yeah this is
1: it <laughs> jesus christ this must attain enlightenment before moving beyond this cycle and that can take many many tries and that's starting to sound a lot like the soul recycler and here's something interesting in the image of the wheel of life which is found on the walls of monasteries and schools all over the world buddha buddha's pointing at the moon The moon is the most familiar object in the night sky. It's inspired stories and myths and even religions. The moon has fueled scientific intrigue throughout human history. But here's the thing, the moon is weird. By all accounts, it shouldn't even be there. The moon's orbit is extremely close to the earth. In fact, it's the largest moon in relation to its host planet in our entire solar system or any solar system. We've never found anything like this in the galaxy. And this proximity has made total solar eclipses possible. This is because of the precise diameters and distances between this. (laughs) Any solar system. We've never found anything like this in the galaxy. And this.
0: (laughs) That's what you would look like after Bigfoot was done with you.
1: (laughs) Proximity has made total solar eclipses possible. This is because of the precise (laughs) diameters and distances between the sun, moon and earth. This is an unbelievable coincidence. Some might say impossible. There is no astronomical reason why the moon and the sun should fit so well. It is the sheerest of coincidences and only the earth among all the planets is blessed in this fashion. It's not only too close, it's too big. That's what she said. (laughs) What? Using other planets as a reference, the size of the moon should be about 40 miles in diameter. That's it. It's over 2000 miles wide. This is also not seen anywhere else. The closest comparison is Pluto and its moon, Sharon, which is about two thirds the size of Pluto. But this probably doesn't count because Pluto and Sharon are a double dwarf planet.
2: That's what she said.
1: What? The Earth and moon are also really a double planet. But there's something else strange about that. The barycenter or center of gravity between the Earth and moon is inside the Earth. That means there should be a wobble in the moon's orbit. The moon does wobble a little bit, but its orbit is one of the most perfectly circular that's ever been seen. The moon is also precisely locked in orbit, so the same side always faces Earth. This is also highly unusual among moons and planets. Some scientists argue that the moon doesn't wobble because it's not very dense, but that's also a problem. If the moon and Earth were formed at the same time, which is the leading theory, then why is the Earth so much more dense
2: because the moon is hollow
0: right you'll be hollow after bigfoot has his way good god the lunar orbiter experiments vastly
1: improved our knowledge of the moon's gravitational field indicating the frightening possibility that the moon might be hollow in november 1969 apollo 12 launched as nasa's second man mission to the moon one of the key objectives was investigating the moon's interior apollo 12 astronauts place seismometers on the lunar surface, similar to those used to detect earthquakes on Earth. The astronauts then intentionally crashed at their ascent stage module into the moon to gather seismic data. Now, instead of typical seismic patterns, the data showed the moon vibrating for over an hour. The moon was famously described as ringing like a bell. The phenomenon led some to speculate that the moon might be hollow or contain significant hollow spaces. This theory is supported by the still classified Apollo 17 project called Chapel Bell. And this sounds like an experiment that has something to do with sound, but all these years later, it's still classified. Why? In 1970, two Soviet scientists proposed that not only is the moon hollow, the moon is an artificial spacecraft brought to Earth a long time ago. This spaceship moon theory explains many of the anomalies, like the low density, the sound reverberation, and why the moon is even here at all. Spaceship moon also explains the strange crater issue.
2: Crater issue?
1: Oh yeah, moon craters are very odd. When an asteroid impacts a moon or planet, it leaves a crater. The bigger the asteroid, the deeper the crater, right?
2: Yeah, I feel you.
1: Well, on the moon, no matter how big the object that impacts it, craters don't penetrate deeper than a couple of miles. Now, this could be explained by a rigid, impenetrable outer shell encasing the moon.
2: Spaceship moon!
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
5: If the astronomical data is reduced, it is found that the data require that the interior of the moon is less dense than the outer parts.
1: Indeed, it would seem that the moon is more like a hollow than a homogeneous sphere. Data also indicates the moon's core is less dense than the outer layers, the complete opposite of... Well, every.
0: <laughs> if it was a female Bigfoot, I mean, you might try to reason with it like, hey, I know you're used to, you know, seven footers, but <laughs> I'm just a human, you know? <laughs>
1: oh, God. Oh, this show is just ridiculous. <laughs> Other celestial object ever discovered. This could be evidence that the moon has vast hollow inner cavities. Also, the soil and moon dust on the surface are actually older than the rock and soil within the moon. That only makes sense if the interior moon was mined, hollowed out, and then the material brought to the surface. Now, there are scientific explanations for all of this, but to be honest, they fall short. Looking
3: at all the anomalies and unanswered questions about the moon, the best explanation for the moon is an observational error. It doesn't exist. It's easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. Holy shit. We cannot help but come to the conclusion that the moon, by rights, ought not to
1: be there. The fact that it is, is one of those strokes of luck almost too good to accept. The moon is weird. It shouldn't be there, and it might be hollow. But is it a transmission device that affects our behavior? Well, there's more crime during a full moon. There are more car accidents. Sensitivity to pain is higher during a full moon. A full moon disrupts our sleep. Some people are prone to erratic behavior during a full moon. This is called the werewolf effect. This is also where the word lunatic comes from. Talk to a cop or a nurse. They'll tell you that they can tell when it's getting close to a full moon. Again, science tries to explain this erratic behavior. Like there's more crime during a full moon because it's easier to see.
2: Uh, no, it's also easier to get caught.
1: Right, the science is thin. And notice that all these changes in behavior during a full moon are negative. More crime, more pain, more car crashes. If there are aliens feeding off our negative emotions and they use the moon to do it, well, suddenly everything makes sense. But there is good news. You can fight back.
0: (laughs) But not with Bigfoot.
1: Reptilian humanoid aliens using technology to alter our reality in order to create negative emotions? Our souls being used for food, then recycled over and over again on the moon? This story is a lot, and how much of it is true? Well, a lot of it depends on your perspective and what you choose to believe, but let's take it one piece at a time. The Anunnaki are documented in Sumerian texts, but there's plenty of documentation of Zeus and Apollo and Athena and the rest of the Greek gods I'm so glad I called Matt. (laughs) Same with Roman gods, Norse gods, all gods, really. But are any of those gods real? Well, you decide. But Zechariah Sitchin's interpretations of Sumerian texts have been largely discredited and disregarded. Eh. He's been criticized for inaccurate translations of the Sumerian tablets. Eh. Skeptics say he manipulated the translations in order to support his theory.
2: Yeah, but uh, his story is true.
1: Maybe. But the story about gods coming from the sky, creating man or helping man, that story is almost universal. The Anunnaki are also connected to the Great Flood, which is a story found in every culture on Earth. Supporters of the Anunnaki theory claim that human genetics have traces of alien DNA. The truth is, human DNA is pretty boring. Our DNA is close to everything on Earth. Chimps share almost 99% of their DNA with humans. Dogs and cows share around 80%. Birds and humans share 65% of their DNA. Humans even share over 50% of their DNA with bananas.
2: You're related to a banana? Yep. Uh, maybe that's why you got a peel.
1: (laughs) Dr. Ellis Silver's theory that humans didn't originate on Earth is really interesting. He lays out a lot of scientific evidence to support this theory. But even he admits the theory has some holes. And he's released updates to try and fill in some of these holes. Still, mainstream science rejects the idea that humans originated on a different planet. But there is a wrinkle. In 2020, researchers discovered that about 50,000 years ago, ancient humans procreated with a species that scientists didn't know existed. They call this ghost DNA. And the timing lines up perfectly with Dr. Silver's theory. His book is amazing, and I'd love to do a full episode on how humans might have been transported here. So, if you'd like to see that, let me know. That will be a wild ride. Now, let's talk lizard people. Lizard. 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 Better. The most well-known proponent of the reptilian conspiracy is David Icke. My hero. David Icke is well-read, well-spoken, and highly entertaining. His theories are extremely creative. But like most conspiracy theories, you can't prove or disprove him. Yeah! But remember, in 1991, he claimed to be the son of God and the world was going to end. And he made this claim on television while wearing a turquoise tracksuit. You?
2: you do claim to be the son of God. Oh, come on, heroes wear tracksuits.
1: The Lizard People story seems to have started in 1934 with an LA Times article. A mining engineer claimed to have found tunnels underneath Los Angeles. A Hopi Indian told him the legend of the Lizard People, who are an advanced race that escaped through the tunnels 5,000 years ago.
2: Well, that's why so many movie stars are shape-shifting Lizard People. Easy commute.
1: Uh, maybe, but there are no tunnels and there is no Hopi legend of the Lizard People, so uh, I don't believe that one. And honestly, when I started this topic, I didn't believe any of it. Well, except for the moon stuff. The the moon is weird. But while researching, I found myself bouncing between feelings of depression and fear and anxiety, and especially anger. The message boards, blogs, comment sections I came across are filled with people expressing outrage. They're furious that they have us all trapped in this never-ending loop of misery, that we're made to endure this torturous, unfair life time and time again. We're not given a choice to come back or not. Our only purpose is to be food for our prison guards. But if they truly believe that an advanced race is feeding off our negative emotions, well, they're giving our jailers exactly what they want. There were so many comments that were blame seeking. I saw a lot of people with a self-centered victim mentality. It was frustrating to read, but I understand it. Life is hard. Life is unpredictable and life is painful. When things in life go wrong it's easy to shift responsibility to a theoretical they instead of looking in the mirror david Icke, john lear and others who promote the reptilian conspiracy say that we don't have to exist in an endless cycle of pain Definitely and reincarnation
0: trustworthy. negative
1: emotions <laughs> fuel the cycle positive emotions can break it so you have a choice you can choose to be the change choose kindness over anger choose acceptance over judgment and choose gratitude over the endless desire for more choose joy over sadness and mercy over revenge just choose love over hate now i know it's not easy i really i really do but your life really can be whatever you want it to be the choice is yours
2: register pc
0: all right folks Oh, good old Y files, you know, (laughs) man. Um, gosh, I don't even, I mean, what do you say to that? Lizard people, um, the moon being hollow used as a soul catching device. (laughs) Oh God. Talking paranormal, you know, (laughs) but, um, Here's my take on it. I don't know what the fuck the moon is. <laughs> I've like, uh, never been there. Probably never going to go there. All I know is it's this thing that we see in the sky <laughs> at night, sometimes during the day. Um, what was interesting is that, you know, China was on the far side of the moon and they saw this thing, this cube or whatever, and they acknowledged it. So that's real. Um, it looked like a square object with equal sides. Um, can that be a natural thing? No. Could it be something from earth? Sure. I guess it would have to have been sent there, but it was on the far side of the moon. Um, the tower on the moon. I just don't know. I really don't know. Um, makes me kind of wonder, uh, If we did go to the moon, if we were told never to return, um, I, I, I just, it's hard for me to believe the lizard people shit, but is it possible? Anything is possible. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're talking about aliens consuming our souls, (laughs) you know? And reincarnation and all this stuff the whole uh we were genetically engineered plausible um we were brought here that was an interesting take on it i've never really heard that take you know with the we're not made for this environment you know we get sunburned you know um our joints and Shit start to de- uh, to deteriorate over time. Things like that start to make you think a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, if we're supposed to be evolving, how'd we get worse? <laughs> so, I don't know. I I don't buy. I mean, I can't say for sure. Anything's possible. A thousand percent, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I cannot say that I believe that stuff. Uh, David Ike seems like a maniac. Um, could you imagine if he was right though, like this whole time, (laughs) definitely not the son of God. Um, but I mean, who am I to say, you know, uh, so I, I, I just can't, I can't get on board with that crazy lunatic shit. I can get on board that we could potentially have been genetically engineered. Uh, I'll give him that. Um, the Anunnaki talk and the Greek God talk. That's all interesting to me. Very interesting. Um, the fact of the matter is we don't know our ancient past. You know, we look at evidence and we try to surmise what it could have been, what it might have been, but they're always changing theories and new theories are coming out. And our history is always being altered by the truth, which is interesting. Um, even more interesting is this Bigfoot story, dude. Good God. What a treat. <laughs> I mean, people are going to see this uh, par- uh, talking paranormal number 58. The aliens are harvesting our souls. The secret of the moon. <laughs> and they're going to get a little treat of drunk Matt. And then a callback with an amazing Bigfoot story. Probably one of the more compelling ones I've personally ever heard. Um, wow. Yeah. Conical he- conical shaped head. I wonder. I wonder how much like bigfoot literature and documentaries and tv shows that gentleman has seen you know because the details that he had were pretty pretty good um i was trying to ask questions that somebody who was interviewing an eyewitness would ask in a bigfoot sighting situation um i hope there wasn't anything that i missed um but uh, I'm sure there was, I wish I, I might have to have Matt reach out to this guy and get him on the, get him on the podcast for a little bit longer, um, to ask him some more questions if I can come up with anything good. Um, but uh, what a what a fun show. Thank you for joining me tonight, folks. i um, sorry, Matt couldn't be here in person, but he was with us on the phone. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. <laughs> Matt is a character. Uh, wish he could have been here tonight, but that was actually, I liked that. Because I don't think we would have gotten that if Matt had showed up here. You know, he's known about this story and he didn't say shit to me. (laughs) Like, hey, dude, you know, I'm like the Bigfoot guy, right? (laughs) Like, Tell me that shit. Um, So I won't hold it against him, but uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. I want to hear his take on it. Um, You know, what questions did Matt ask the guy (laughs) or did he just find out about it tonight? and he heard it and he's like i gotta call chris back this is gonna be amazing for the show so good job matt um but thanks for joining me tonight i hope you enjoyed tonight's show even though matt was not here um remember anything is possible a thousand percent maybe do not i repeat do not stick your dick in a portal with that folks thank you very much for joining me on another episode of talking paranormal we'll be back next week who knows what we're going to talk about? I'm not quite sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see what Matt comes up with. Um, but it was fun as usual. Uh, lots of laughs. And uh, I kind of want to do mushrooms on the show. That'd be fun. <laughs> Until next time, folks. We'll see you later.